the galactic purr of KK's. Invites you to Space Cat's happy hour. Let your mind relax. We meet in a dimension outside of time. Welcome to the Space Cats Happy Hour. I am Zaddy Cat <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I am Dread Pirate KK most of the time, but we have been on a break for so long, I kind of forget who I am anyway. <laughs> this is uh, one of our standard podcasts. Um, you can watch our video morning show morning space chat <laughs> episodes on spotify you can listen to all of our episodes including the morning space chats on itunes or other podcast platforms or spotify and uh, we're really happy to be back with you if you uh, are on itunes and you follow us there please feel free to give us a five-star review so that more people can find us i think that's the preamble yeah, we're back after probably, I feel like since like July-ish or something Yeah, was the last time we actually recorded. Feels like forever. <laughs> Today is September 22nd. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're oh. recording on a, on a 2D2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also Maybon today. I don't know if that's what, how you say it. What's Maybon? I knew you were going <laughs> to... Okay, Maybon. It's um it's a witchy thing. Okay, Maybon, also known as the fall or vernal equinox. Oh, interesting. I thought the equinox was the 23rd. Anyway, it falls opposite of Ostara on the wheel of the year and is thus another instance of a perfect balance between night and day. The second of the harvest festivals, Maybon has 10 of pentacles energy, ripe for feasting, giving thanks, and praying for an easy winter ahead. And apparently. Um, today is also a two in numerology, September 22nd, 2023 boils down oh, to a two. Cool. So when you're doing spells and stuff for Mavon, it's like tailor it to the two energy, like the peacemaker and the harmony. And anyway, it's like awesome. a, it's like one of those witchy things. And that's the Substack I uh, uh, subscribed to that had the exiting hermit mode in time for fall equinox. And I was like, just what we've been talking about, <laughs> social things. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're at the equinox, which is really nice. Uh, we are also uh, about to enter Libra season, which is also really nice. We've also got the final of the three supermoons. We had two full moon supermoons in August, and we're going to have our final harvest moon supermoon on the 29th I think, I think of yeah. September and that's been really intense I think <laughs> one of our last episodes that we broadcast one of the morning shows the sponsors were the necromancers guild and we did this spell 
and it talked about thrice it was like thrice the dead and thrice the moon or whatever but it it had to do with the three supermoons and it has been a very expansive transformative period i kind of what i really want to get into today is the the venus retrograde that spanned over a lot of that period oh yes and how what came through during that but also i just want to talk a little bit about those those super moons and how we felt them and like what we were doing so i feel like oh july okay july the super moons hadn't started yet but we we're approaching them and also approaching that window with the 8-8 August 8 portal that's always like Lionsgate that's always like I finally realized it's like that trickster 8D energy mm, yeah <laughs> and so it, things get really psychedelic and trippy do you recall how that period was for you I'm trying to remember because July and August both felt very slow and heavy I, I don't want to make it sound all bad because it didn't necessarily feel bad it just felt slow and also in August I was sort of uh, especially towards the latter half of August I was kind of in staying calm the best I could mode because I had a a deposition I needed to do at the beginning of September and so when I was going through August I just had that kind of looming and I spent a lot of time just like nope we're going to be calm we don't need that doesn't have any power over me you know blah blah like all the all the usual things and I did have a vacation of sorts in August at the end um, right at the uh, right before Virgo season started and which also included a Mercury retrograde (laughs) speaking of retrogrades And so I had a lot of energy work that I was doing with my friends because I visited two friends I haven't seen in a very long time in kind of a, in the DC area, not DC proper, but just kind of like Maryland, Virginia, that it's just easier to say DC. And I felt like I knew that that happened for a reason. I just couldn't, I just, I don't quite know what the reason is yet other than like kind of connecting with soul family and, you know, friends that I like, and, you know, just like the basic surface level stuff. I'm like, there's gotta be I know there's something more there, but I just don't know what it is yet. And that was kind of tiring because just eight hours in the car one way. And I don't know. It was just like one of those things where it was a vacation, but I needed a vacation from the vacation (laughs) because I was like, oh my God. But the end of August, beginning of September, really, I know we're not, we were talking about July and August, but like just that super moon energy, I think it built up to releasing a lot of density and maybe that's why I was feeling it so heavily in July and August in order to like feel it to release it kind of thing so I released a lot of I don't know just old density old timelines old stories old patterns especially around like that toxic empathy that I've been working on so much these past few years where I feel like I should be able to feel other people's pain in order to help dissipate it. And that's not (laughs) what I'm supposed to be doing. It's like everybody has their own, their own journeys. And I'm, I, I, my, my old habit of being the rescuer in past lifetimes and, and whatever is, was holding on to this lifetime is like that. I got to help people by feeling all their pain. And so I had plenty of opportunities to feel other people's pain and not attach to it. And so it was pretty amazing at the end of August to actually feel that lightness of having released and unhooked from those old ways of being and just being able to see things from the zoomed out perspective of 
they're, the people that I care about are in their own stories. And if they need to do another loop to learn their highest timeline lesson, that is their highest timeline. I don't need to feel or judge it one way or another. It's, it's for them to go through. And before I would have had panic attacks and felt, you know, just really, really gross, dense, heavy, horrible energies. And I didn't feel any of that. And I think I'm attributing that right now, as I'm saying this to the super moons, because it was like, we, we released the power, all of that stuff had all, all those cords to the old timelines. So I don't know what this, you know, September new super moon is going to bring, <laughs> it's going to bring, whether that's like more releasing of that stuff or what, but that was my August experience. So I don't know if that even made any sense. I just keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, totally made sense. Yeah. We had very different, I think, experiences because I felt a lot of very fast energy in July, August, and September Inter- intermittently, like the rabbit. <laughs> yeah. the rabbit. July was interesting because I had kind of early harvest stuff. Some money that I needed came in that I had like put little, it was like small money manifestations came in. And then y- your prediction about, that was like a massive one about the XRP and the crypto stuff and like it had to go through this court thing but anyway they won that level of it and you had predicted yeah. that and that came we I remember sitting like we the news came in and we were just like whoa <laughs> what the it fuck? happened that's huge <laughs> yeah that's um so cool. that was like a big July thing and then August I took a trip so I was actually on the 88 portal I was on vacation in the southernmost point of Canada which is this little island called Pele Island <clears throat> which also is just the name isn't derived from the goddess Pele, but it's like, it's yeah, certainly like brings total, in that energy. <laughs> total volcano sink, which was a lot of volcanic energy as well. And so I've always found every, even dating back to before I had like any awakening stuff, that period of August has always been really intense and trippy. <laughs> and like, I feel like it just amplifies the, trickster energy maybe because I feel so connected to 8d or something it just like really amplifies it and things tend to get a little wild anyway I was on this beautiful island with my friends Daniel and John who are a couple they had invited me to join them and it was very magical and actually relatively tranquil <laughs> but I spent a lot of time in water and in nature well you're just surrounded in, by nature there but the day itself like I had crazy dreams and then I did a little bit of microdose of LSD and stuff so there was definitely a lot and then as soon like the day like two days you know literally the day after I got back uh and I had a dream that told me this was gonna happen (laughs) uh Mike got COVID and then five days after that I got COVID and we were like really laid out by it and it was it was really interesting because leading up to that time I had been in the space of just bypassing physical symptoms where it was like I would get some physical thing and it was like no I just don't have to buy into it and it would like resolve or I wouldn't feel anything really really quickly sometimes it would disappear immediately or would just like resolve itself way faster and so when the COVID first hit I thought I was like oh I'm supposed to do that again and then it was like ushering me into the flip side of that which is just acceptance it's like it took me back to way back when, when I was asking how to make decisions. And it was like, if you want to, 
if you're in a situation where you feel that inner sense of like, yes, I can bypass this, then you use your like will solar center to bypass. And if you're in a situation where you feel any kind of uncertainty or like, I don't know how to bypass this or like, I feel overwhelmed by this, you just surrender and you use your eighth mystic center chakra, which is the one of surrender that I associate with surrender. And so it was like that lesson again. So it was like integrating that stuff. And so that ushered in an intense period (laughs) of being really super, it was like mega rest because we couldn't do anything. We were both so wiped out. We could barely move. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of resting. Oh, interestingly though, none of the symptoms for me, like I would be stuffy, but I would never get a sinus headache the way I Mm. would have normally. Like I'd be completely and totally stuffed up, but I wouldn't get a sinus. It was like all like the symptoms were there, but like, you know, weirdly tolerable way so that I could scenario exactly (laughs) I could sleep or I could just it didn't get to the point where I would be like I cannot handle this (laughs) it was just like okay this is miserable or this is not super fun or uncomfortable I think I would say uncomfortable but it's not intolerable yeah and uh and then after that there were other physical things as well that were coming and it was like acceptance 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 so there was that (laughs) in august (laughs) and then i finally resumed working on the book the mara and the bad wolf children's book and that happened super fast too like finding the book designer every single thing was like facing a fear again and i would get that feeling like it's absolutely it's just not gonna happen it's just not gonna happen and then it would happen there was a lot of that so it happened like with the book designer I was like so stressed out and then she just appeared in my inbox and I was like no I know that's the one she's the right one and she is amazing and she did an amazing job yes, she and did. <laughs> yeah and that all happened really kind of fast too and then I went on a whole journey which I don't think I'll get into in this episode but there's like a money manifestation that's been percolating for quite some time in my life and I went on a really interesting journey of like oh, it's not going to happen at all, or it is, but it's going to be like nothing, or maybe it isn't. (laughs) And so that was in early September. And yeah, it's been a lot of things, just like pieces falling into place, but every step of the way. So the the Necromancer Guild spell, it was like thrice the cock crows, thrice the moon grows, maybe it's thrice the dead rise. So anyway, there was something about thrice the dead rise and thrice the cock crows. And for me, it's been very much like an old fear is going to resurface again and then it's just kind of like evaporating while presenting itself very very potently yeah (laughs) Yeah, viscerally so that was my super moon and I've been feeling stuff again with this upcoming one I sometimes still feel uncomfortable talking about publicly because it it still feels like anyway that's just my own baggage that it feels uncomfortable but it's really how what I what I'm always going on about about how the like the self and the collective are interchangeable and how I experience that is really big shifts will happen at the collective level mirroring an an internal shift in me like within like a day or the same day or like a couple of days I'll like have a big thing happen in my life and then be on the timeline and then the reality where it's like oh very similar thing happening at the collective level so the book, Mara and the Bad Wolf, the book is ultimately, it, it's about children being able to trust themselves above all else and trust their own inner knowing and inner guidance and intuition. 
and like being confident enough to speak up to the adults in their life be it about who they feel they are or parts of themselves that they feel like they want to have like acknowledged or like expressing anger or difficult emotions and stuff like that but gender is definitely a big theme in that book because ultimately Mara the fox through the journey that she goes through on this magical island realizes that she they are gender fluid and I've definitely been feeling that mirroring that self-collective mirroring happen along the way with my own gender stuff and so I forget if it was I think it was two summers ago in 2021 when I spoke to my parents about like listen I don't want to use like this name is not working for me anymore these pronouns all that kind of stuff I was like this is where it's at I it was uh, I had those conversations and like within 24 it was like 24 hours there were two huge really big deal celebrities that came out publicly as non-binary I think Demi Lovato was one of them and I can't remember the other so I just feel like it's really important for people to remember that 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 those internal shifts are it, I never would recommend going into it expecting a collective change because the collective change takes the time that it takes and it doesn't necessarily happen the way your brain thinks that it should or whatever. But knowing that it can be as literal <laughs> as like one to one as that, and that is like literally what's happening, that it starts uh, at the internal consciousness level and that that power however you want to look at it if you want to look at it as like you're in the lucid dream and so you just dream yourself into a new dream where it mirrors your internal reality better or if you want to just look at it uh, sometimes that's like really overwhelming for me so I just look at it as like I've just hopped timelines <laughs> yeah. to a timeline where that happens like I don't know I, there's a million ways of looking at it and choose your own that feels comfortable to you but like it is that what's the word for the correlation is that direct <laughs> yeah I really like very obvious symbolism, very literal symbolism and very obvious correlations in my in my dream reality so that it's like, we're not messing around here. There's no room for misinterpretation. <laughs> anyway, now getting ready to publish the book suddenly in Canada where there's not been any kind of anything. Suddenly there's like protests uh, that all have to do with protect the kids from gender ideology and like just protests across the country and then counter protests. Uh, and I think they're trying to like get schools to stop using talking about gender and using kids preferred kids chosen names and pronouns and stuff which does not surprise me yeah big big monumental milestones with you publishing the book and then all of a sudden here we go with a big national discourse around gender <laughs> and then, yeah exactly yeah, like talk about direct correlation yeah. yeah I think I think that's also the thing where people don't want people want to have like internal threshold guardians where they don't want to necessarily believe like they want to attribute things to like coincidence or whatever because they don't want to believe that the change can be that Powerful. big you mm -hmm. know like it's even even when you have a small thing happen really fast where from the internal to the external it can be jarring <laughs> and you're like whoa this is a lot like whoa whoa yeah. whoa like I'm used to a different way of moving through life and when things happen that quickly and that literally it's like <laughs> yeah, it's so fluid so, yeah yeah that level of fluidity or like psychedelicness can really be like upsetting and discombobulating and 
I find with me, like it like sends me like running back to wanting to hold on to my old sense of what being existence is. I think everybody has their own. It's really interesting to see that everybody has their own thresholds and what triggers them and what doesn't. Cause like some people will be like, so at ease with like certain very magical things and then others will really, you know, anyway, we all, and I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's just interesting to see how <laughs> everyone has their different triggers. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of the things that I forgot to mention about August in particular was how I felt like it was slow for me because but I still felt like a bunch of activity energetically around me. And I couldn't figure, I was like, why am I feeling so much? Cause I felt like this calm center where nothing was shaking me really. And I, but I could feel the craziness outside of my energy field. And I was like, I don't understand what this is. And I finally put it down to, I wrote it in my, I know I told you, but I'll just say it out loud for the podcast. And I wrote it down in my journal and I was like, Oh my God, I feel like this is such hubris, but it felt like I was the <laughs> I can't even say it out loud. The queen bee and my my collective, like things were happening to my collective around me in order to align with my frequency, whether that was tower moments or breakthroughs or, you know, which are kind of the same thing. But anyway, you know, just that kind of shit. I could feel it all happening outside of me. And so maybe, I don't know where I was really going with that, but I think it might, I think I was going to try and tie it into the Venus retrograde stuff. And as long, as well as like you were talking about the, the collective stuff where you like you do your own internal thing or you're working on a project or whatever and then it's reflected out in the collective because you're on that timeline or whatever it is and um the venus retrograde the first thing <clears throat> that i knew was probably going to happen was because it was leo is my sixth house and one of the things of the sixth house is house is job and i got a job at the movie theater at the end of july <laughs> and so i've been working three days a week at the movie theater so that was a cool you know astrology is real kind of shit and you know oh yeah go ahead can you just talk for two seconds about how you manifested that job exactly too because <laughs> okay. it was like very <laughs> fast literal <laughs> I love how you always remind me that this is like me actually manifesting stuff because I don't I don't think of it as I just like oh it happened I don't know and then I don't think that it's me but yeah, I was lying in bed one night and I was fed up with the old fears around security and money. And I was just like, I've been through this initiation. God damn it. Why is it not getting better? And then I was like, maybe I'm supposed to look for a job because I kind of thought one would come to me or I didn't know what was going to happen. But I was like, okay, maybe I should just open the channel and like Google jobs in my area or whatever, which I did. And it, I was like, it would be really cool if there was like a part-time job at the movie theater. And halfway down the page was have a part-time job at the movie theater. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to apply for this one because it seems like the only one I really wanted to, to do. And it was like a really, it's an AMC theater. It's the only theater we have in, in our town at this point. I forgot we used to have a dollar theater, but it doesn't exist anymore. But anyway, so it was this AMC theater. So it's like obviously a big corporate, you know, website with all these questions it took me like 40 minutes to fill out this fucking application I was like oh my god and I felt like because you're just answering all these questions and going through different scenarios and all the things and I was just like I don't I don't know how to, they're clearly looking for answers but I don't know if I'm answering this in the because I wanted to be honest but I also was like I know this is a game and I'm not sure I don't I don't know how to play the game right now I was very confused so I was like okay 
tomorrow because I'm filling out the app. Oh, I submitted the application at 11, 11 p.m. on accident. I was not planning on doing that, but I, know, I looked at the time and I was like, you are shitting me. It's not 11, 11. <laughs> but yes, it was. Anyway, so I was like, okay, so it's obviously too late at night now and they're closed. But I was like, tomorrow I'm going to go in there because I need to put a face with my, you know, I need to have them see that I'm not some crazy person. I, I don't know if I answered the questions right. So I stopped in in the afternoon just to see if a manager was there. And I guess they were willing to talk to me. And I was like, I know I submitted my application, but I just wanted to put my face with name, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, I'm not the hiring manager, but I can like, you know, I can at least ask you the questions we go over on the phone or anyway. So <laughs> it worked out that I was literally hired on the, on the spot. We did a little um, impromptu interview and, and I was hired. So it was like literally, yeah, the rabbit energy was very present for that. So thank you for reminding me about that story. Cause I completely forgot how on the nose that was. But yeah, that was my Venus in the sixth house. Yeah. And experience. I just wanted to counterpoint to that because it's like, it's really been like everything is everything, like all the versions. Like, so that's a really great example of like, it's just a very clear channel, a very clear desire. All the dominoes just immediately fall into place. And I have been experiencing stuff related to the book and also like just my life in general, where it's like, I, I, I'm, 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 tr I'm, I'm trying to like manifest something, but there's a lot of obstacles. And so my temptation is to say, okay, well, if this was like meant to be, then it would be like all the dominoes would fall in place, but it's not that it's like, it's like seeing those obstacles and then just not giving up. Cause it's like connected to my internal fears and self-doubt and stuff. So it's like the obstacles come up and then I just have to like power through and keep going and then it's like we get past it and it and it's all good but I just wanted to yeah. provide that contrast because that's what gets I think people discouraged or really confused and I find it confusing me too yeah is that it's not like you you don't end up with like one way <laughs> of going of, of, of going through an experience or one guiding principle to follow where you could just be like oh okay if it's, it's always like this, this I, way it's yeah. yeah it's not always one way or the other and they're very different experiences and yet yeah it's not like one is better than the other at all or anything like that and sometimes the experience is you're in the part of it where you're experiencing a delay and the delay is going to feel insanely long too and that's a part of it too and then you're <laughs> thinking well I'm yeah you know I must be off track or fucking up or whatever and sometimes it's like the part of the journey is just experiencing like excruciating long delays and then seeing <laughs> something happen or it happens in a different way than you expect or you have a complete internal tower moment where you're like oh I think I didn't need to actually I thought I needed it exactly like this and I don't and you just let go and anyway it's like so many ways for it yeah. to happen so good point very good point yeah, yeah. I just yeah I just want to put it out there because I know it's like that's one of the most discouraging things about can be about spiritual stuff is you'll hear people speak with like super conviction about like one way and it is a very good way but then you're like but that way is not working for me in this situation why and then you turn it you tend to like either I'm just get crushed yeah. or just get like really frustrated with spirituality yeah. and, and be like this is just a crock of shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's like no welcome to multi-dimensional multi reality mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a like a billion different paths. <laughs> yeah. And you also had the experience with the deposition, just facing a really aggressive lawyer, I guess, who was Two like them. trying yeah. to yeah, who who were trying to intimidate you and you just stood your yeah. ground, which is very another path of like 
your reality keeps trying to show you something and you're like, no, I'm just not buying into that. <laughs> that was exactly how it felt. It was, it was like all of this pushing energy from the attorneys. Like they interviewed me separately. We were all in this big room with, anyway, it was just, it was a lot of energy and I was a little nervous and had a little bit of, of anxiety, but like mostly I just felt so calm and I was kind of surprised. I was so surprised about that, that that was kind of what I was focusing on was my own calmness. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I like it, but I don't, not what I would associate with me, especially historically, but there were a few moments where I could just feel the games that they were actually the whole thing, the whole time I could feel the games that they were playing, but there were just certain moments where I was noticing it in particular, like the way they would move or like look through their notes in a certain way or like do whatever. I was like, you have cultivated this role and you honestly, I couldn't even judge it. Like, yeah, I was super uncomfortable and I, I didn't, you know, I did not love the experience because it was kind of, it was uncomfortable, but like, I could not judge their, the, the lawyers because I was like, they love their role so much that like, yeah, go ahead and own that, you know, like that's the role you want to play and you're doing it to the literal best of your ability. I was judging it as a very poor attempt because I was like, I'm so much more powerful than you, but whatever, you go do your thing and good job, little kid, kind of, <laughs> it was really funny, but I didn't, anyway. So, but there was a moment where I could tell where one of the lawyers was trying to catch me into saying something different, or at least see if I would say something different to some of the similar questions to see if I would lie about things or whatever. And it was just so obvious. He was like, I can't seem to find this in my notes. What were you saying about a blah, blah, blah. And I said the same answer because I'm not lying or whatever. And it was just like a very clear thing. And there was another moment where uh, yeah, he was just pretending to be this like fuddy duddy that couldn't keep track of his own notes. But I was like, you are not like you are pretending to be this just so that you can, you know, it, it felt like a sitcom. I felt like I was in a sitcom and the writers were drunk and I was just like, okay, I don't really <laughs> sure. But there was a moment in particular that you're talking about where there, the other lawyer, he was a little bit younger, but still older than me. And he really wanted me to answer a question in a very specific way. It was so clear, but I wasn't doing it. Cause like, I didn't understand like what he really wanted me to say or like he just wasn't being very clear and so I was just answering it in a very general way and he got so mad and I could feel this energy like the hate emanating from his eyes and just like you are telling me under oath that you have no idea blah, blah, whatever and I was like man this guy is really pissed off and it was just not affecting me at all because he just the, the, the force that he thought he had against me just didn't touch me at all. And it was just, anyway, it was a very interesting experience and I didn't, obviously I don't want to do it again, but it was really cool to go through it and see my own power in that situation in a way that would have like, if I'd been in that situation, even a year ago, I probably would have crumbled maybe, or, you know, I just, but I was really happy with the, with my own power and, and how I could see that it was yeah, like a sitcom, really everybody was just playing a role. So, yeah. And for me, those situations and those types of people that we encounter, it's like a literal external manifestation of our own internal threshold guardians. So it's like, yeah. and the threshold internally, those, what's, what's cool about it is like internally the threshold guardian, the part of our own subconscious or psyche or whatever, the aspect that, un, is, that, I'm trying to use really neutral language <laughs> that blocks an, a, our efforts to achieve a certain goal or desire and tells us we can't do it or 
yeah, sends us like thoughts or feelings in our body or emotions that keep us from moving forward, keep us from moving forward and send us into spirals. They can be so nebulous and they can operate like so beneath the surface. And it, it, it's like even hard to hear the words that they're saying as like a sentence that you could identify as like, oh, you're that voice, you know, it can just be like a general malaise or feeling yeah. of exhaustion or whatever yes. those things. So when it takes a, a human form in your external reality in front of you that some other part of the whole is willing to play for you in that moment, it's like such a gift because you're like, oh, yeah. okay, like there, here you are like literally saying the words out loud so I can hear them and be like, oh, that's what you're saying. And it's not, I don't buy into it anymore. Right. <laughs> as opposed you to just like, them. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to just a clusterfuck, and especially if you have a brain like me, which is like constantly like a million channels on at once where it's just like everything Same. gets so confused. <laughs> it's like, I need to hear you one at a time and very clearly <laughs> what you're saying. So I could be like, oh, okay, no. And it feels, I still really, really find it challenging in the moment when faced with somebody because their energy just jumps into my body and amplifies my own unease. Mm -hmm. And so to like stare someone in the eyes when they're saying something very negative to me and just retain, I'm still like working on that. I'm doing it a bit in the dream space right now, but yeah, I think I just thought it was like for myself helpful to say what a gift it is when mm -hmm. someone does that because it's like they're allowing you to like clearly see in highlighted bold it's like this is your story that you're letting go of. I am speaking it to you out loud like yeah. we're in a fairy tale so that you can be like, no, no, no. <laughs> exactly. Fairy tale is a good word for it too. And the sitcom thing where I was just like, he's playing the role of whatever my subconscious is telling me that I can't move past the story or this way of being for, for that personal experience. It's like, I didn't think I was strong enough to stand up or, or, you know, whatever those stories were. Like I thought I wasn't powerful or any, anyway, it was just like, that's just like a minute. There's plenty of stuff that was tied into all that, but like, it's your own. Yeah. It's like your subconscious my subconscious was drunk writing this. I don't know. It was just, it was just a funny thinking of it as a sitcom with, where the writers were drunk really helped me kind of, I don't know, not think of it as so scary, like authoritarian, scary, you know, can't move past this block or whatever. It was like, I'm going to yeah. get through this. I know I am. I already have, you know, in the quantum space, like <laughs> I'm just currently living through the linear time moment where I haven't yet, or I am in the middle of it or whatever. And I was just very, it was then again, it was just like that, that separation of the, the observer neutral aspect. And then the person, me avatar going through and feeling it. And it's just, it's wild. <laughs> Pretty wild. Yeah. And what was interesting again, with the collective and self interchange is you had an experience, right? I think it was that day or the next day that I've had a lot of times too, which is I don't even know how many times this has happened, but it was like to, to the point where it's like, okay, this is not a coincidence. It's like, it's like I don't know, 30 or 40, if not more since 2020, a celebrity death, a celebrity death that symbolizes exactly something that I'm going through at that moment. Even if it's just like their name, the, the meaning of their name is like exactly the thing. And you had that with Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. It was a few days before it was like at the end of August. I think it was August 29th or something like that. 
And he's been a very big part of my life since I was born. Basically, my mom has been a parrot head since before that was even a word coined for Jimmy Buffett fans. Like they, we would get in the van and drive 24 hours to Key West and go to his. Anyway, I'm just saying he was a major part of my life growing up. And he, my, my family was with me for a lot of this experience because we were all together <laughs> and it was a lot of chaos and intense energy. And then in the middle of it, he died and I, you were the one who, who texted back like, okay, this is big energy for you. And I wasn't even thinking that because I was so involved in like keeping my cool in the face of all the chaos and intensity. I mean, I was like, oh my God, it totally is. And it was that same, that same, like a few days later, I realized I had unhooked from those old stories and the old ways of beings and like the toxic empathy and all the things I was mentioning at the beginning where I could just see that I was no longer attached to being the old me. And I was really free to be this new version of me. I just needed to go through, you know, whatever those very intense moments were at the end of August, beginning of September. And yeah, Jimmy Buffett was absolutely, it was like a family dynamic too, where I was able to unhook from most of my toxic empathy has been for my mom and sister because they've been the closest family member, closest people to me. And they're the ones I've had the most trouble letting go of as far as, you know, needing to feel their pain or help them out or whatever it is energetically. And I didn't feel the need to do that anymore. And it's not to say that I'm not going to be there for them in other ways, but it's not going to drag everybody down because I can't keep my own shit together kind of stuff. So anyway, it was, it was major. (laughs) Bye-bye Jimmy Buffett. I love you. (laughs) Yeah. And Jimmy Buffett with such like a joyful, like, oh yeah. Kind of like chill, like live and let live carefree. He was a pirate too. Right. Yes. Absolutely. So I'm going to talk, I think I will talk about the thing when I was saying it makes me uncomfortable because it's going to circle back to the Venus retrograde stuff. I knew it. I will tie in. So (laughs) when I talk about these things, like the celebrity death or like the collective, when I feel uncomfortable, it's because I, it's like, I, the part of me that feels uncomfortable is I feel like people are like, what an asshole. They really feel like they're the center of the universe and everything revolves around them. But that's like, okay, that's like part of the weird trippiness is like you, the more you turn your attention and acceptance towards that the more that is what plays out and you you do see how you are the center of your dream reality and then I still am coming up against all this old baggage I think especially because I've had incarnations where I went into that so hard that it became a sense of separateness and I wasn't able to connect to the part of everyone else in the whole that was also doing that and you just start to feel very like alone and like you're like, am I the only one existing here? <laughs> and everything else is just merely a projecting that kind of thing. So I have a lot of threshold guardians against it and a lot of stuff that kind of like makes me feel like repulsed when I talk about those things, especially like in a, in a public <laughs> about being at the center of your own dream reality. But it is that like paradox on paradox where you do end up navigating in your driver's seat of reality in this incredibly potent way and like if this way doesn't appeal to you then it's going to be some other way that does appeal to you if you're like ugh, that sounds horrible (laughs) then it's not going to be like that for you don't worry you don't have nobody has to but like it like if if this is resonating with you and, and you're like oh that does feel like what reality ultimately is you end up navigating that in the in the driver's seat but everybody else is 
in their own driver's seats too. And that's what's so trippy about it. And that's why you end up in these places where you can't be like, well, there's one truth and one one version of reality because yours and another person's who's in their driver's seat can actually coexist while being very different at the same time. So yes, so Venus retrograde. <laughs> okay. I forget what period it was. A big chunk of the summer, right? The majority of it was August. Okay. Yeah. So it she went in retrograde July something, 18th or something like that. And then all of August. And then she just went out of retrograde, I think at the beginning of September. Man, I should have those dates, but I don't. But it was basically all of August. That was the 40 days and 40 nights, I think, is her. Right. Good old Noah's Ark. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay, so I went into it and I was like, looking at relationships again, it just felt like I, it was like the work that I'd been doing for the past few years. And I was like, what? Like, And then, so the first personal like internal tower moment epiphany that I had came it was I think it was on the August 88 portal about it and I was like oh, okay I'm looking at the micro of this of like my interpersonal relationships like that's what we can think of Venus retrograde puts into review like how we love the others in our life and exchange love but I was like this is like so collective I was like this is about stepping out of the phase of my awakening that where I had to really go inward and discover like what is what is my truth and what do I feel about things and where do my boundaries lie what do I not like and like and how do I protect that and like it involved a lot of letting go of relationships or changing relationships dynamics and stuff like that and setting boundaries to like coming back into the hive I, I'd been getting messages since the spring about coming back into the hive but it was like literally the part where you come back into the hive after that part of an awakening that can be like you're almost forced to go so deep inward that it can reinforce certain ego or human narratives around separateness and like I'm different than the other and then you're like whoop we're shifting back into being part of like this whole and so the first wave of downloads had to do with like just a deeper sense of connectedness again to the whole and like letting go of like feeling like you have to like fight other versions of reality with your own or like impose your your own will just to because you're discovering what your ideal reality looks like and how to like move towards it uncompromisingly but that can involve a lot of feelings of conflict and tension and like having to stand up for yourself and it's like letting go of that letting go of the feeling like you have to your version and other people's versions are at odds with each other and one of them needs to dominate <laughs> and win and just trusting that they can coexist heterogenic in a heterogeneous anyway I can't say that word but <laughs> not homo not homogeneous way but peacefully and harmoniously more importantly to finding the harmony and then it was getting progressively with each layer more and more like trippy multi-dimensional about how like if you when you start really re reconnecting and re-remembering how you're always connected to everything and everything is one you you're you're like connecting to like over soul parts of you that are not just one being they are literally a collective so you're like literally surrendering your individual will to the will of a whole in a trust trusting way and it's like the more expanded you get the more like maybe or at least in, this is kind of a linear or whatever way of looking at it that my human brain can understand but it's like okay so I've got my little avatar and then maybe 
there's like like sensate like there's another <laughs> chunk of souls that i'm connected to and we're like this over soul and then you expand beyond that and then those over souls are connected to a bunch and then you just get more and more until you get to the big mushroom cloud that's like everything <laughs> all at once and it's like these tears so that it's tolerable so that it's not just like a sudden return to like everything everywhere all at once all the time <laughs> your mind is kind of yeah. permanently blown but <laughs> <laughs> you it's just yeah it's like that surrender and that it's just like you're no longer as concerned with like okay how do I me little me think that I need to navigate life and it's just like okay put it in the hands of like the over soul of like eight souls or however I don't know I don't want to get into numbers but like multiple mm -hmm. and like really just like losing that sense of like self and feeling how relaxing that is and how it takes the pressure off of having to hold everything on your own shoulders and make all the decisions and be your own emotional support system and it's like it's like you really just dissolve a, a little bit into the whole and what came through simultaneously is like again where there's not one path there's so many that that the spiritual awakening path that I chose which was like kind of like go inward first like really delve into the, the self or the selves that feel like your personal stories and see how that is mirrored back in the collective and then like surrender to not being just oneself and surrender to the whole other people's path is going to start more collectively first and so they're not necessarily going to resonate with those stories of like individuality in the same way but that doesn't matter like there's no better way right it's like either way is fine but anyway it was just really like I've had that message since the beginning when I've heard certain spiritual things about to do with like going inward in ourself where I'm like this is really not going to resonate for some they're going to have a completely different experience <laughs> where it's like extremely collective first and collective prominent forward um I feel like I I, I was recording them as audio notes I feel like I was more eloquent in my audio notes and I kind of can't remember some of the details but they were just so peaceful it was just having to do with like in a very concrete way it's like oh I'm not a me I already didn't feel like a me, but I felt like a collection of me's, but it's not, now it's beyond that. It's like, I'm a we, I'm part of a we. <laughs> and that's so peaceful and that's so relaxing. And it's like, oh, I remember it was that idea of you can go when you, when you, you hit these awakening things and you go with the oneness, it, it gets so big and the ego death or ego dissolve is so powerful. And you like take yourself to the end of time when like a whole universe is going to go through a black hole of consciousness and turn into a completely other universe that operates by different rules entirely that our brains can't even imagine and that is so terrifying and what was so soothing is like oh you don't do that alone you do that it's like a big collective dissolve that you do all together and you don't have to go through that all by yourself this and like so peaceful face that terror <laughs> you know it doesn't even yeah. have to be terror but like face the awe and yeah. like the whoa of that it's alone. immense yeah, yeah. Very the immense. immense that was something that I used to call the void was facing that and it was so yeah it was like pure terror for me was that level of like change and nothingness and everythingness and then <laughs> something I couldn't even fathom and like the end of time and all those things yeah. and it was just so soothing to be like no you just keep feeling more and more and more into the whole in these ways that are like tolerable in like different stages until you're like at the point where you're like so super connected and you feel ready to experience something like that together.
That's awesome. When you were talking about the end of time, I just flashed back to the episode of The Good Place where I forget his name. He goes out and sees the ed- the time knife or whatever. And he comes back and he's like, oh, I can't. he's blubbering, losing his mind. Anyway, yeah, that's yep. understandable. Very understandable and relatable feeling to all of that. And it's so funny because you're like, oh, I felt like I was more eloquent in my notes or whatever, which I can't tell you how to feel, but I also really loved what you just said. So I think you did an awesome job. And also <laughs> you are literally saying everything of what Venus in Leo was or is like especially the (laughs) retrograde like reviewing all of that where like leo is the center of the universe it's the sun you know it's like people with leo placements are like i am the center of the universe and sometimes that can have a shadow side obviously and other times it's just like acknowledging where you are fixed in yourself that you are unwilling to bend on which again can be shadow but again can also be very empowering and so venus in leo is like finding the love in that place, the peace, the harmony, you know, coming together on that and like seeing your own individuality because you are the center of your own universe, but like also how do you relate to the collective, you know, and they're, they're also their own centers of the universe. And like, how do you come together as a whole? And anyway, you were just literally, all of that was just like a whole exponent. Um, what's it called? Expand speech <laughs> on Venus and Leo a little mini course and that's where it's like you just let somebody have their version and you have yeah. your version and instead of arguing it out or trying to convince yes. them or trying to one of us has to win for us to be like you let you like yeah. it's the tug of rope tug of war you just let go of the rope just let go yeah and are like I don't have to do that I don't have to yeah. be in, to fight <laughs> fight yeah be, <laughs> it's like very relaxing that's why I think also I think I can feel I was like feeling preemptive defensiveness at what I feel of a wave of awakenings coming where it is very collective based and maybe they're gonna have a very strong repulsion towards like individual focus spirituality and they might become part of the discourse you know the dreaded discourse the discourse <laughs> I, mean, I was feeling like uh, but it's like it's it's like it's such a gift that we don't all have to follow the same path towards yes thank an you expanded consciousness or like end up at the same end point you know what I mean even if it's like kind of similar like there's difference in it you know it's like anyway yeah it's yeah. just like such a otherwise it'd be so boring right yeah <laughs> well it also I, I'm in a, a Venus centered class astrology and human design and it's a 13 month thing so anyway I'm in the middle of all of all this and we're very obviously Venus focused and the Venus and Leo lectures that I've been listening to um, my teacher has brought in a couple of quotes from the Seth book I think it's called on the nature of personal reality or something like that. You can find it on YouTube and, or if you don't want to, it's free on YouTube or you can buy it or I don't know, whatever. Anyway, it's Jane Roberts, who's the human avatar writer, but she's channeling an entity named Seth. And it's an extremely, like I haven't read the whole thing, obviously, but the parts where it was relating to the Venus and Leo-ness of it was, you know, some of what you're addressing right there, where, it feels very self-centered and like you don't have room to love anyone else because you love yourself first and that's the only person that matters and that's like very repulsive to a lot of like a repulsive idea to certain you know perspectives which is understandable but at the same time 
it is a valid perspective and it's one of those things where I'm like, maybe I should insert the, you know, the name of this book so that other people can start reading it in case what we're talking about here doesn't resonate and you like want to do a a deeper exploration. I know that Seth has a lot of good things to say about the nature of personal fucking reality (laughs) and how it can integrate with, you know, other people like the collectives, but first you need to have, well, at some point you need to have your own, a grasp on your own experience and perspective in relation to the whole that you are also a part of. So it's just an interesting, there's lots of good philosophical material on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's thing. I'll get to something in a second, oh, yeah. but it's like, imagine how, so we're ready to experience something different than what we've been experiencing in our external reality. We're ready to experience a change of the, transformation of our species of our planet uh, evolution whatever you want to call it and just have uh, eventually like an external world that looks and feels different so imagine how no matter what if you're gonna like experience that that as like effortlessly dominoes falling into place or like facing a lot of obstacles and then standing your ground and not not being swept away by those potential realities that like are showing themselves to you or whatever version like imagine how much of a powerful foundational you know Joan of Arc level Mm. belief in your in the in the in the I don't know the validity isn't really the word I want to use but like the truth of your reality that you're either however you see it changing that you're that you're moving into and you and like that reality is founded in love I mean yeah that seems to be the general foundational principle of of, of, of people wanting to change reality anyway I'm not going to finish that sentence you get it <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's from a place of like of like this beautiful place of love and connectedness so like imagine how firm and like centered in that and like un unshakable and unwavering that has to be to like move from here to there um which yeah. isn't which is like again a linear way of looking at what we're doing it's not very quantum-y but um <laughs> but what I wanted to say is so I don't even know if I've given a synopsis of the book okay so I wrote a children's book it's called Mara and the Bad Wolf Mara's 11 year it's just the cusp of Mara's 11th birthday and her parents are recently divorced and she ends up having to be babysat on her birthday weekend by this elderly wolf's neighbor who kind of reads her future and predicts a big transformative journey and then the elderly wolf neighbor's grandson Seth (laughs) oh my uh, god I forgot yeah shows up and he's like this very rebellious character so he's like an older teen and Mara's like oh my god like I've heard about him like you know he's always doing graffiti like he paints these murals around the city and he was always like getting suspended at school and getting in trouble and I think he dropped out and he's like this bad boy wolf right and Mara ends up accompanying Seth on this errand to this island that's very magical. And then they get separated on the island and Mara has these experiences and like connects with her own anger and her, she has a kind of like a psychedelic meta- metaphysical experience and connects with like a different, more fluid part of herself that includes their gender. But Seth is kind of like this very interesting guide character because he's he's completely not empathetically invested in Mara at all 
is very like, I'll do my thing, then I'll do yours. I'm not really interested in babysitting you. And he's just an example, a walking living example of being so committed to his own truth and his own desires and his own path that he's willing to upset other people, including adults in his life. So we find out at the end of the book that he's trans and that he came to live with his grandmother because his parents couldn't handle his being trans. And they also couldn't handle that he was getting in trouble all the time at school because he didn't like how rigid the rules were and he just wants to do art. So he's basically committed to like, I'm an artist and I'm trans, I'm, I'm a trans male wolf. That's my truth like fuck everything else (laughs) and Mara is coming from a very you know compliant Mm -hmm. people pleasing place where they're always afraid to upset their parents and they're afraid of expressing their anger and they're like always worried about what everyone's going to think of them and like feeling ashamed of and like and then super stressed out about being that assertive in their own truth and so Seth doesn't really do a lot and interact with Mara a lot although he is the one person that doesn't assume their gender and like uses a neutral pronoun for them and stuff that kind of like triggers a thing but he's just by being himself is like this guide and in fact she has conflict with him and like they don't always get along and he's definitely not like that guide that is like (laughs) (laughs) yeah compassionately there holding your paw and like like uh open to your feedback whatever he's like open to I'm, I'm me i'm doing me um but yeah. he sees that spark he's like you do you as well you know mm-hmm. like i don't care what you do you can do whatever you like kind of thing yeah so it's just interesting yeah. that you brought up the that is cool that gave us that synopsis that was fun yeah and so it's like you see how firm and again I think as we go along and we're like less in the grips of karmic reality, things get easier and easier, but you see how, how strong of like will (laughs) a person has to be to be like in the face of like that much social uh, resistance to be like, Nope. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting that we're talking about this and also the the super moons and the little clip that you were talking about with the sponsors about, thrice the cock crows or whatever and it's, it feels like awakening you know the next wave of awakening and stuff it's like feels like we're talking about what we're going to be seeing <laughs> like, like like some standing firm and which is good I mean I don't know yeah maybe it's also the Venus and Leo stuff where we're all we were we spent this whole time in the underworld like she's she doesn't even leave Leo until October 7th or 8th or something like that so like we still got some time where we're we, we have forward movement on it, but we've spent a long time figuring out where we're unwilling to bend on out of love for our own self and our own experiences. And I feel like that is the trigger point for this wave of awakening that's happening because the people pleasing thing ain't cutting it, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's all tied back into the um, Chiron and Aries where, where have you abandoned yourself for fear of being abandoned by the other but it's this venus and leo is really she just feels so powerful i don't know maybe it's because i'm in a venus ruled year this year and i'm just like venus is the queen she knows what's happening you know but (laughs) it's it's yeah it's pretty pretty powerful stuff and like that's why i'm always like my guiding thing that i always say is like the self and the collective are interchangeable so it doesn't matter if you start from 
working something on the self or working at the collective. And that's why if you're, if you, it's like, just always, if you're worried about that, like I have been, <laughs> just always be, remind yourself, okay, my guiding principles are like unconditional love, connectedness, um, harmony, things like that. That's what's guiding me. So if that's what's guiding you, then it doesn't matter if you're, if, if you're, if the thing that you're working through involves what would be considered as like a lot of selfishness or self-sacrifice or sometimes it's one or sometimes it's the other they're like the same like the selfishness is pouring back into the collective the self-sacrifice pours back into the self and that's where we're playing out the lessons and that's why like people who have a history of putting everyone's needs ahead of their own coming back into balance are learning this is especially comes up for like women and moms in particular it's like learning the need of the selfishness and that it benefits the whole that it benefits their babies and their children for them to pour rest and attention and pleasure and stuff into their self and it it just mirrors right back out into their family and their communities or what have you other people learning other lessons in the other direction like it's the same it's the same thing yeah people who have a terror of nurturing or sacrificing any part of themselves learning how incredibly beneficial it is to do something that's self-sacrificing and how much you gain from it and you know all the benefits that come with it it's like it's all the same thing you said self-sacrificing did you mean self-centered or no I'm talking about the other other people learning different like it can from the other perspective like somebody who just has a fear of like surrendering to self-sacrifice and therefore limits like is very cautious and afraid of doing things that are self-sacrificing then they can learn that other they can learn like the bliss of self-sacrifice yeah the bliss of not having to like center yourself at all and you can just let go of that and it's so blissful I like this bliss feeling (laughs) (laughs) like yes I will surrender and obviously it's like we're all learning those things in multiple ways in our life it's never just like one thing but it's it's obviously well it depends where you're coming from but there's a big discourse right now that's there's a big anti-selfishness discourse (laughs) that I think is acting as a threshold guardian for people to prevent 100%. them from seeing how the the self is the collective, like, it, and it's really wild. Like, the more you go into it, the more you can, like, really be like, whoa, like, this feels like crazy selfish to do, and it literally benefited so many people in my life to do it. Like, it's like, yeah, reality don't care. Like, <laughs> multi-dimensional reality does not have your moral framework it's <laughs> it just is it just is yeah and, and it's a really good point you brought up about like relaxing into the you know the pleasure and and all the rest and all that stuff because the more you're able to do that the deeper the channel you carve out for the collective to also experience it because we are all connected and so if you try to push away pleasure and rest and like all the joy and you know whatever other blissful kinds of experiences if you push that away it just leaves a shallower pool for the rest of us to pick up on so the more you dive into that you know we've had a very deep pool of suffering and pain and so we're all very easily picking up on and scarcity and scarcity yeah 
if you we're, dive we're, into that abundance, you know, training our reality, this is where you stand firm. Yes. When you're standing firm against anything against a corporation, against a principle in society, whatever, whatever you're standing firm and not buying into, that's you training your reality as well. You're training, you're standing firm against what your external reality is showing, saying no. And we're training our reality to uh, mirror our experience. So do we want a reality where we all still have to work so much? And uh, <laughs> in order to get any kind of survival, exactly. do we want a, a survival-based reality or do we want a, a reality where, which is literally totally and completely available to us where and has like other cultures and on this planet at different times having have lived in that we have like historical or not even historical because maybe they still exist but like we have proof of that they were like not living by those rules of scarcity and they were just like you just exist and your needs are met and that's fundamentally not just your needs but like your wants <laughs> are met and that's what we're trying to train our reality to do so that we are, anyway, now I'm fizzling out my sentence, but you get the point. It's like, so then don't train your reality that you have to work all the time and don't train your reality that you have to, that there are limited resources and you have to scramble for them and, and fight other people for them and uh, hoard them. And We're coming back into balance this Libra season. It feels like a really big exclamation point of energy moving away from scarcity and all the stuff that we have been experiencing it doesn't turn on a dime but like it's we're moving in a good direction just and we're just you work on that it's you know, the more helpful to the collective it is magnetically being pulled towards it so we yeah. actually don't yeah. have to do anything to get there yeah but yeah, it's really Earth's decision, I guess is what <laughs> and we're just kind of along for the ride but we're helping. It's not like we're you know, the more, the more we surrender, the more we do whatever, whatever you want to talk about. I don't want to put it all on work or whatever, because it doesn't feel like it has to be work. It's just like, we are also helping create this reality. I think it's like, it's just going to happen, <laughs> but yeah. we enjoy actively participating in it. We enjoy the feeling of being on an adventure where we're actively contributing yeah, maybe and that's so a better way of putting it. Yeah. That's what we play out. Cause like literally <laughs> this version of Earth that has showed up when I've done sessions, energy sessions on multiple occasions, which is like this earth that's like in that place where it's like everything's in balance and everything's really chill and everything's really nice. And like uh humans and nature are like really harmoniously coexisting. That version of Earth, first of all, a very important message earth is like she ain't angry at us she she's no completely loves us and she totally is there for our destructive parts as well as our harmonious parts so yep. the if you're if you have a running narrative in your head that mother earth is mad Don't, um yeah that's you can let that go let that go and even if there are versions of the earth because earth is also on her ascension path so if there's versions of the earth that are in that space that's kind of like her shit to work through <laughs> yeah you can let her and like there but know that that's the earth the earth that's like already worked through that is here to tell you that it's all good there you go. she was just there working she was working through her shit but she's not mad at you and she's yeah she's there for all of you but also she shows up and it's like I just see us just being like like there's nothing we can do we're just like being like zoinks to one <laughs> and so um yeah. That's why also it doesn't matter like the people when, when you're like, oh, but all these people that aren't 
waking up and they're not changing it's, and it's, yeah. it's like yep they just they're gonna they get just pulled along yep. they're getting pulled along and they chose that version of the ride and we chose the one where we feel really actively involved and we yeah. are everything's yeah. connected but like you just don't have to worry it's just gonna happen yeah. it's another of those paradoxy things that i'd have I can't put it into words that actually make really sense because it just sounds like I'm saying two opposite things. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But that's what it well, that's, is. That's the paradox. Two opposites. Yeah. It's like, it, it's it's that Oracle spread that I did, which was all about like, we have the free will and we make these choices. And, um, and then also it is as it was intended to be with the part that's like, makes things happen. That's like, feels like bigger than us. And like, we just surrender to it. It's like, they're the same thing. So yeah. our, our free will active conscious participation is contributing and like, I think it's really fun and it's really cool. And you get to see, you get to see your active impact mm -hmm. on the whole. And then other people are playing out where they just get to experience the passive impact yep. on the whole. Ooh, I'm so wiped from, that was a it's lot. Like, it's like stuff still clearing out from like my kidneys and adrenals, which always has to do with like fear and guilt so fear yeah <laughs> I had a big kidney purge during the last week of August beginning of September big surprise right <laughs> during that whole family and deposition stuff it was a lot of kidney purges I can though. imagine <laughs> good to get it out also like it's just so cool because you start to just the way that we're merging into the whole it's so relaxing it did terrify me I did have a lot of hang-ups I did I have remember, a lot of parts of yeah. me that didn't want to surrender but it's so relaxing and it's so nice and like I don't know it's just cool every time in an, I'm in a close network of friends like we'll get syncs for each other and we'll yeah. show up in each other's dreams helping with like different and is that that kind of it's just so magical you know like Fun. with you and Pearl and I right now in the Dragon Collective it's like really really cool to experience those cool. things yeah <laughs> I can see the difference in you too like you're so much more relaxed and ready for whatever kind of stuff you're like yeah this is all good and it's not that you weren't like that before but there was a lot of I think you did need to release a lot of some of that well, not wanting to let go or something I would with the, how it worked for me was I like shot so deep <laughs> in my initial awakening that I would go into these places but it would be like maybe a couple of weeks or a few days and I would just be like in the zone and I would be like total relaxation and like I'm like I'm capable of anything I don't have to ever worry about anything again and I would think every time I was in that zone I'd be like I'm gonna stay in this place what could ever throw and then I would be because I was doing a big integration thing I would be like I would hit the void or something would happen yeah. and I would crash super low I was kind of ping-ponging yeah. and what I've been feeling over the past year is like an evening out because it would be like in these places where it was like I felt complete I called it like the Super Mario star like that that would hit me and I would be like and I would do it be like okay let's make a health miracle happen let's make you know let's pull in money from here and it was like oh my god oh my god like let's send out like waves and waves of love to the, whatever it was and then it would be like and yeah now it feels yeah more I just have to like you just have to you just or I, my path is hitting the same fears again and again and again until they have less and less power over me. That was, yeah. And I don't, I think we've maybe already talked about it enough. I don't know, or we could get into it later on a different 
episode, but the fear thing for sure, for both of us, we have had huge initiations into dissolving the hold that fear has over our part of the collective experience. And like, oh boy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I think, yeah, that is a good one for us. Keep that for a future episode. Cause I'll, I'll yeah. talk about the money thing that I would, cause kind of, big yeah. on this one too. Cause that was very, that it was like such a trippy roller coaster of things and it was like oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah and it's so funny because I didn't think I I felt like I was immune to fear or something until like earlier this year and I was like why the fuck am I so afraid and then it didn't again it just took multiple trigger terrible moments or whatever and and I would finally realize oh that's what I'm doing as part of my like, I don't know, just facing all of the, I, it was, it's massive, dude. <laughs> and so I think, yeah, it would be nice to kind of, I sort of have half warm thoughts still about it because it's still a new realization comparatively, but hilarious to think. I'm like, yeah, I'm not afraid of anything, whatever. And then I would be like <laughs> immersed in the fire of fear for <laughs> weeks at a time. <laughs> oh, that was so fun. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm like on sweating. that note yeah right let's uh all right let's wrap um, it up i guess thank you for joining us on this venus retrograde epi <laughs> it's been a blast yeah, this is a good one Def- definitely uh oh yeah like i had to step away from the podcast i had to step away from everything in my life that wasn't the book so hopefully um gonna be able to return to a little bit more of a regular recording schedule soon and get back to our morning shows too which are so much fun yeah but in the meantime love you love you space kitties love you